Hello, and welcome to uh, episode 3 of the Geekishly Toku Podcast. I am alone this time. Uh, my name is Jonathan Howe, also known as Funo Kamioka on Twitter. Uh, the reason I am alone is because I have yet to find a co-host, and it's being pretty troublesome. I'm not having too much luck. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I just had dinner, so it's going to be a little flimmy. Um, I haven't done one in a while, pretty much because of that reason, on top of just not being in the mood to record an episode. Um, I'm trying to find a job so I can get money to hopefully do more awesome things. That's semi-working out. I had an interview, so hopefully that'll pan out. If not, I don't know, back to square one for the hundredth time. Um, either way, with that sappy, stupid intro done, I'm going to start with the geek area. Now, since I last did the podcast, a lot of stuff has been done. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season ended, um, spectacularly, um, there were a lot of plot points that I didn't expect, um, especially near the end, um, watching Skye and her struggle to figure out if she was going to disobey her mother to go against her in the broad scheme of things, um, it was really... It, it was just, it was kind of like a at the edge of your seat type thing because for the on the one hand she had the love for her mother where on the other hand she had the love for her friends and shield and when she found out her mother was actually trying to start a war between shield and the uh the inhumans um she actually stood up to her mother and was like I don't like what you're doing you're completely going against everything that we should be going for and the mother just, Zhaoling, I think her name was, yeah, I think that's what it was, uh, Ying, what, what's one of the two, and I, I knew, I knew it was gonna come, a, come to a head, and it was interesting the way it did, like, when, when Sky pushed the, 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 the airplane thing off the, off the carrier, it was, it was that sort of, like, heroic moment, like, yes, she did it, um, but there was also that aspect of the mother was sucking the life out of her. And it was like, well, what's going to happen now? And then all of a sudden, Cal comes out of nowhere and is like, this isn't the sin you should... Oh, damn, motorcyclist. <laughs> Cal's like, this, is, this isn't this is a, a sin you should bear. It's one I need to bear. And then literally tore Zhaoling apart. Literally. And figuratively. And... It was it was the moment that was definitely a shock value moment. You knew something was going to happen. You knew something huge was going to happen. But I don't think anybody really expected Cal to all of a sudden show up and just literally, like I said, tear Zhaoying apart. Um, it was it was a really odd moment, I think, for me. Um, it was it was like I said it was definitely a shocking moment, but it was it was a, I think it was a moment that needed to happen, and then it just also kind of completely finished with Cal getting the the Tahiti treatment 
where they took away his memories and I honestly hope that's I hope it sticks I hope they don't come back in the next season and they're like oh for some reason it's gone or it never took place and he just pretended it did you know <coughs> excuse me and I, I don't know I mean like the the show the show is definitely gone in a lot of ways and the way it's currently going now is definitely a good way and I hope they continue it um, I really think the only big question people have is with uh, Simmons and how she got pulled into the, the giant melty rock thing, which <laughs> I was watching uh, SourceFed Nerd. They have this show called The Roundup, Superhero Roundup. They do a podcast video thing every week, and um, someone made a point of saying, you know, it's it's amazing that on something so unpredictable, something so unknown to anybody, they put one lock on that door, and a simple nudge from Fitz is all it took for that to open, and nobody noticed the door opened. Like I was sitting there, and when when Fitz, when Fitz had his hand on the door. And all of a sudden, he kind of faltered for a second. I was like, the door just opened, didn't it? But the other two were just completely nonchalant about it. Didn't even realize it. And then, all of course, of course, at the end, Simmons realizes it's open. Try, you know, I don't know what I can't remember what she tried to do because, like I said, this was weeks ago. Um, and when she all of a sudden like turned around, the, it was open. The big rock became like liquid again and just sucked it right up in it. <laughs> I was just sort of like, damn. I was like, wow. Um, <laughs> I People are speculating she's going to end up being a... Was, I don't remember the name of the character, but it was like a doctor or some kind of like telekinesis-based like inhuman character. Um, I'm on the fence about it because I think it would be interesting if it came back that she died. I'm not saying I completely hated the character, but I think where she went in the back half of the season, it was annoying, what, to put it one way. Um, when she when she found out Sky could have been inhuman, and she's like, "Oh, we can fix you. You know, we can help fix you. You know," and she's like, "I don't want to be fixed. I want to just learn how to control them." And Simmons was just xenophobic. That's essentially what she was. And uh, <clears throat> and then uh, Ward came back, which, again, nobody's happy about. But at the same time, it looked. Everything was pointing to Ward being, you know, part of S.H.I.E.L.D., one of the quote-unquote good guys again. And Simmons was like, I want none of that. No, I don't think he is. I don't think he'll ever change. And then she tried to kill him, and then instead killed Bakshi. And then it turned out that that ward was indeed still you know a dumb not a dumbass he was a jackass that's what i wanted to say and he was scheming against shield and nearly killed um bobby so i i have to give simmons credit for being right but on the other hand it was just sort of at at the time it was really hostile like she, you you could tell she was one scared individual and I don't know. It was just <laughs> I I I watched it and I was like, "Wow. 
I, I don't understand why she's acting like the way she is. And, again, it came to a head that Ward was still working for Hydra, technically. You know, and even the final scene where he's sitting at the bar, you figure out that pretty much Hydra's where S.H.I.E.L.D. is. <laughs> or S.H.I.E.L.D. was, I guess, in the, you know, during the first part of the season. Oh, excuse me. Oh, wow. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not editing this. I don't feel like it. <laughs> I'm just going to record two parts and then go from there. Anyway. Um, yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. definitely. Um, it's the only superhero show I watch. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk about Arrow. I tried watching Arrow, and a lot of people say the first season is very slow and it picks up in the second season. Um, part of me wants to watch it. The other part of me just doesn't. You know, and a lot of people are saying Flash is one of the best, you know, shows of the year, period, on television. And I I just, ha I, <laughs> I haven't watched any of it. Because I feel in order to watch Flash, I need to watch Arrow at least up to the point where Flash shows up. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. I really don't. But for now, that's where I stand. Um, maybe by the next time I do this podcast, I'll have watched a little bit of Flash or some more Arrow or what. I don't know. But for now, I'm going to move on from Flash. Uh, the next thing I have down is related. Because Agent Carter has been renewed for, was it 10 more episodes? Which, you know, the, the internet went nuts. Because apparently, according to, like, the bigwigs, Carter didn't do that well. But it was a huge fan favorite. So to hear that it gets a second season is fabulous. Um, I think it was a really well done show. It showed um, the the peer it was a it was done well for that period of time where it was it's it's the beginning, you know, Captain America was created. And then he disappeared. So now we're living in that aftermath where Hydra's trying to get the serum. And you know, superheroes are kind of starting to s slowly trickle into the system. And I, I can't wait to see what they do for the second season. They said she's moving to Los Angeles, which I think is weird. Um, I, guess I guess because the... The, f the first season was essentially finished, you know. I don't know if they were planning for a second season or what, but um, there was really nothing else left there for her to do. I mean, now that the secret was out that she was such this great agent rather than just another woman, um, she was, you know, she was probably being sought after, so who knows. Because that, that was actually one of the things I talked about was at the end of season one, one of my things was, well, we haven't actually seen the beginning of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we know she was a founding member of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, to to have season one end, and have neither hide nor hair of S.H.I.E.L.D. is kind of... I was trying to think of the word for it. It's, it's All I can think of is that it's wrong. Um... They should have, I mean, at the very least, they should have made mention of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because if they weren't sure they were going to get a second season, they should have prepared for that and had, like, part of the last episode have something to do with, like, I want to create something different or 
we're changing the name to Shield or you know whatever you know. I can't remember Standard Homeland Intelligence something. Yeah, I forgot what it stands for, but um, they sh they should have done that because if they would have made a made mention of Shield, it at least would have put a little bit more um thought put a little bit more story i guess like we know that she starts shield and then throughout the years it eventually gets to what we see in the agents of shield um but they didn't do that but now that again now that we get season two it's possible that we can get that um we have we don't know pretty much anything about it all we know is that she's i think it was like she was moving and then there was something else really should have done more research before I did this, but I just kind of picked up and went with it. But, yeah, um, I'm really excited for season two. Um, I can't wait to see where Peggy goes. Um, we don't know if she got married or not, so we don't know if she's actually going to, you know, get with anybody. We know that, I can't, I can't remember the guy's name, the guy with the crutch. He, uh... You know, he essentially hit on her, asked her to go out with him, and she said, eh, not yet. You know, but there's there's time, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Agent Carter coming back, can't be more excited. Um, just have to wait until winter, which kind of sucks. <laughs> um, something I wanted to bring up as I was um, thinking about it, I recently started to go back and watch Kamen Rider Kiba. Um, I know this is geeking, but trust me, it'll go around. Um, and something I thought of that I think would be a really cool idea is if they did a special for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter where they pulled a Kamen Rider Kiba. Um, if anybody is listening to this that has no idea what Kamen Rider Kiba is, it's a show from Japan in a genre called tokusatsu just you know, thus the toku part of this podcast and it's about a guy who transforms into an armored hero and he fights bad guys essentially um this particular one had two plots it had one from 1986 and one from 2008 that's you know this show is seven years old and he kiba would fight in the future in the 2008 but the plot of 2000 or 1986 was a story of kiva's father otoya then kiva was wataru and the show would go back and forth so there would be a plot device in 86 that happened in 2008. So they'd go after a bad guy in 1986 who would escape and then show up in 86 for Kiva to fight and defeat. Um, Wataru would go back in time. He met his father in person. He fought with his father. Um, and there's there's a lot of like crossover plots going back and forth. Um, I really think... Agent Carter could do that with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So they could come up with a story plot from, say it starts in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where they're talking about, oh yeah, we were going to go after this guy, 
but he kept getting away and we never found him. And every time we'd find his base, he would disappear. Um, we only ever saw him once, and it was Peggy, and she almost had him, but then, like, something happened where he got away. Or they thought they killed him, but then they went to go back to get the body, and the body was gone. And then you could go, you could keep going back and forth between Agent Carter, where, like, they could be talking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like, oh yeah, well we found this, that, and the other thing in this place. And then you can cut back to Peggy actually doing that. And you can have story on that aspect. While in the future it's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. trying to find the guy. Because he survived in the past. Um, and I think, I think it's a really cool um, story aspect. I think it would help. Um, bring together that universe because right now the only thing we have is the one scene from Agent Carter in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they were going after that small totem thing that burst open and gave Sky the powers um, that's pretty much all we had was that one small scene and then of course you know the entire Agent Carter show, but there was no there was no actual connection between Agent Carter the show and Agents of Shield the show. They're two totally separate things. So I feel if near the end of Agents of Shield this that upcoming season they do something where it's a crossover with Agent Carter, they could have it transition into Agent Carter. Maybe they could make it the reason why Agent Carter goes to Los Angeles is because she has to find this guy. Thus, and then, you know, afterwards she stays. Um, I, I think that would be a good plot point. It would be a way to further both stories, but also kind of transition Agent Carter into the season two, since they're changing so much. Um, I don't think they will. Um, unless some miraculous Marvel person is listening to this, then thank you for listening. And if you go with my idea, fantastic. Um, but I, I just, I just feel like it's a, it's a win-win situation. It's actually win-win-win situation because it's a win for Agents of Shield, it's a win for Agent Carter, and it's a win for the fans because we get to see. We get to see all the characters in one special. And hell, if you really want to talk about time travel, have Agent Carter go to the future. Have characters from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. go to the past to fight with Agent Carter. You know, there are, there are so many possibilities here. And I, I don't know if Marvel or ABC or Disney or whatever would be willing to go that far. Um, I think it would be... A, a a good road to go down um as far as that as far as getting everybody together and all of that is more of just the problem um i really hope if they think about that though because if they do number one i'm gonna sit here going i freaking called it but on the other hand it'll just be fantastic it'll be awesome but now i'm rambling so now i'm gonna move on to another marvel thing um, so actually, before I do that, I want to point out one thing. I do talk about Marvel a lot. And that's because, um, DC movies just don't do it for me. Um, 
I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Batman. I haven't seen a Batman movie since probably Batman and Robin, which was years ago. Um, people hated the movie. I particularly didn't mind it, but um, I haven't seen any of the Dark Knight series. I just haven't. I don't want to. I have no interest in it. Um, I didn't see Man of Steel because it, it's it's. I've seen I've seen people talk about it and how it's exactly what a superhero movie was not supposed to be. Um, they completely destroyed Superman's character. It again, it's it's all this dark and gritty bullshit. And I'm like, you don't need to make a superhero movie or a movie period that is dark and gritty unless it's a horror movie because then it makes sense. But if it's just a superhero movie, you don't have to make it so super superman is breaking zod's neck why what was the point of that superman never did that so why did you make him do it i just i hate it <laughs> i really do so that's why there's no dc talk at all because i don't care for dc at all again i mentioned arrow and the flash i didn't mind the arrow it wasn't a bad show it just it didn't grab me i don't know why maybe it's, i didn't maybe mentally i didn't give it a chance i don't know but i just i i, I feel like it's not gonna be my cup of tea i really don't um maybe once that maybe one day i'll give it a chance and the next time i do this podcast it'll be there i don't know um but anyway age of ultron um great movie fantastic movie could it have been better definitely um there were a lot of things that just that just didn't work for me um like uh, something something i kind of didn't like was um in the trailers where they showed the shot of all of the avengers like jumping and doing attacks at the same time while it's in slow motion and they're in snow and stuff i was expecting that to be part of the climax it wasn't it was in the first five minutes of the film <laughs> I was like, oh, Snow, all the Avengers together, oh, and then of course the scene, and I was like, wow, that was really soon, I was not expecting it to be that soon, um, and it was, I, I don't know, I feel like it was like, uh, oh, you like the Avengers, oh, you really like the Avengers, well, here, have the Avengers, and then they just threw it at you, like, there was there was no rhyme or reason. They just said, "Here, take them. I don't care. I don't want them. Just go." And it was it was definitely it was kind of cool from an action standpoint, from a but from a story standpoint, not so much. Um, I I think the best part about the movie was the vision with Jarvis. Um, it was kind of cool to see the the guy who does the voice for Jarvis and played Jarvis in agent carter actually be the vision he was the guy in the costume so that was cool um it was that was definitely the best part because when you were watching that you thought jarvis was gone you thought that you know ultron or the thing from the the wand actually you know quote unquote killed jarvis but that wasn't true because later jarvis quote unquote came back as the vision um, and I, I feel like, I, t I talked about this on the Ace of Geeks podcast, they did spoiler alert, 
which was again a while ago. That was like maybe a week after old after the movie hit theaters. Maybe no. I don't remember. Anyway, I was on their podcast. Look them up, aceofgeeks.net, actually. They just got a new website. They're also Ace of Geeks on Twitter, you know, at Ace of Geeks. Well, go look them up. I dare you. Um, I was part of that, and one of the things I talked about was how the first Avengers movie in Age of Ultron was essentially the same movie. It was... They all... It was like the Avengers slowly come together... While an evil being shows up to be like, hey, I'm going to like conquer everybody and destroy you. And then there's a big fight, and then the person is defeated. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? And it was, it was kind of... It, Ultron and Loki kind of had that the same holier-than-thou type attitude. Um, because Ultron wanted to stop the Avengers, but they also wanted to take over the world. And they wanted to just the world to be inhabited by the Ultron people. Um, Loki was just like, you know, I'm just going to rule people because I'm better than them. Again, holier than thou. Um, I just, like I said, part of it was cool. Part part of the movie was cool. Um, I, I was very on the fence about liking it when it when I first watched it um would I watch it again maybe um I'm not quite sure if I would or not but for now I'm definitely probably going to say that the first Avengers movie was better definitely definitely better um I'm saying um a lot because again I'm alone in this so I'm just trying to think of a train of thought to go on so I apologize if I say um a lot um <laughs> so if if I you know, it's like if I had to give Age of Ultron a rating, I'd probably give it like six out of ten. Yeah, you know. Um I I like like the dream sequence. I like the fact that they are really transitioning into Thor Ragnarok because they had Thor just all of a sudden be like, no, I, I can't help you guys anymore. I got stuff I got to do up there. And then he just like swings a hammer and he's gone. And that was actually kind of cool because I, I really hope that when Ragnarok comes out, it's sort of like the movie begins with Thor landing. So it takes place literally right after Age of Ultron. That would be awesome. Uh, will it happen? I don't know. It would just be kind of cool if it did. Um, one of the things I didn't like about the movie was that it was it was really it's like I I saw this from Joss Whedon and when I was on the, the Ace of Geeks podcast I was telling him I'm like you know I I bet they did this on purpose they built it up for Hawkeye you know to think that you're that you think Hawkeye is gonna die that's what they're building up to and when it finally came to fruition that Quicksilver died it was sort of like ah. Okay, I, okay. So it was the other way. It's either it was either build Hawkeye up, and then he dies because they're trying to make it be like you feel completely sorry for him that he's gonna die and he's not gonna you know he's not gonna see his his third child be born and his his wife's going to be sad and you know just completely distraught. You know, kids are never gonna see him again. And again, 
they're like, oh, it makes you feel so sorry for him and the family. And then it's just like Quicksilver dies. And you're like, wow, really? You did all that for Hawkeye just to kill Quicksilver? And it's like, okay. And I didn't like the way they did it either. Like, it also, actually, if you think about it, it really didn't even make sense. Um, they I think it was Ultron was shooting bullets, or something was shooting bullets at Hawkeye. Quicksilver shows up, pushes a car in the way, takes out the bullets with the car. So the, the bullets get stopped by the car. But then all of a sudden there's bullets in Quicksilver. Who... What? I, I, I don't understand. I, I really don't. It's like, if you were firing at Hawkeye, how did the bullets just all of a sudden change to kill Quicksilver? I don't fully understand that. Um, and it's... I, I didn't like the way they killed him. I really don't. I hate when I hate when movies do that. They build up to have this character that you've never seen. They build up his character to be like, oh, cool, he's a, he's a cool character. Just for at the end to be like, nope, he's dead. Really? And again, it goes it goes all the way back to the first Avengers movie. Like I said, it's the same thing. They did the same thing with Coulson. They, of course, he got more build up because he showed up and you know he showed up in Thor, he showed up in Iron Man, um, he showed up in Captain America. I think a little bit. I can't remember. It's been a while since I watched that movie. But they built his character up, and then Josh Sweeney's like, eh, "Fuck you guys, he's dead," and then he killed him, and then they brought him back for Agents of Shield, and Josh Sweeney threw a fit. Because he thought you need that death to be like the, that you know the last nail in the coffin, like you know, and it's like no, you don't need that type of thing. You don't need to build a character up like that just to kill him. If it makes sense to the story, great. But this one didn't. You know, Coulson's trying to be a hero. He's trying to be, you know, he's trying to be the hero he didn't think the Avengers were, and. He just gets literally stabbed in the back. Like, really? What was the point of that? I mean, you you could have had him, you know, you could have had Loki show up and put him under control like he did with Hawkeye. You could have something where he gets knocked out. Like, he tries to use the gun, but Loki's not really there, and he flies into the wall and gets knocked unconscious. Just something like that. But no, you had to have Loki do his weird, like, cloning thing to go behind... Colson and stab him in the back and kill him and it's like really did you you just did that did you didn't need to why they had no story reference whatsoever it's like he they, they needed the motive they needed the motivation it's like okay so you did it for the sheer fact to give the heroes motivation to be heroes iron man i can understand because ego Thor, he was all about being hero. Uh, Banner, eh, it's iffy for him because he's he wasn't really he didn't really want to be there to begin with, and and actually that kind of brings up another point with Black Widow in that movie. She's like, uh, when she found out that Loki wanted to to uh, to unleash the Hulk. She went out, you know, when they were having that argument, when the Avengers were having that argument in the room, she looked, you know, she looked at Banner and said, you think about removing yourself from this situation? He's like, I was in Calcutta. I was far away from here. And it's like, that's a good point. And you were the one who brought him there. So I feel like you should be the last person 
to tell him to go back to isolation. And, you know, and then if you really want to bring it up again with those two, the whole relationship. You know, people are saying, you know, a strong woman can have a relationship. And I agree with that. However, this whole movie was about her wanting the relationship. Banner didn't. He, it's clear that he liked her and wanted to be with her, but he knew what type of person he was and didn't want to. And she kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And it's like, that's not the type of character Black Widow was in the first movie. In the first movie, Loki asked her, you know, when in relation to Hawkeye, is this love? And she says, love is for children. I owe him a debt. And it's like, now all of a sudden you're in love with Banner? What changed? Like, I'm not going to say Black Widow is any less than, like, a badass. But to all of a sudden just make her go gaga over Banner? For what reason? There is no reason. They Up till that point, they spent very little time together. She spent more time with Tony Stark than she did. She spent more time with Tony Stark and Captain America combined more than she has been on with Hulk or Banner. <laughs> So to all of a sudden just be like, yeah, we're going to make Black Widow fall in love with Banner. It's like, what, what, who is the decision maker on this? Can I ask that question? Because it's like, I, I feel like they they may have wanted to make Hawkeye the love interest, but then all of a sudden it's like, no, we're going to, we're going to give him a family for the sole purpose for you to feel sorry for him when we kill him. Oh, well, yeah, we're not actually going to kill him. We're just going to pretend we're going to kill him. So you feel sorry for him, and that's why we're giving him a family. There's really no other reason. And it just makes me scratch my head and then also jump for joy because Joss Whedon's got nothing else to do with Marvel movies anymore. He's out, and I'm like, yes, thank you. We don't need him anymore. Um, Am I going to say he's a poor director? No, I'm not going to say that. He's a good director. I just feel that some of his directing habits are not good. Um, I, I feel like, um, I, I don't know. I'm like losing, (laughs) I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, I think, I I think I'm actually going to move on from Marvel because, or from, you know, from that type of thing, because I really don't have anything else to say, you know, looking forward to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale, or finale, looking forward to new season Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Carter, um... I can't wait for more movies. Um, Ant-Man's going to be interesting. But, yeah, okay, I'm going to move on from that. Um, This next part is not exactly geeky. It's more of... It's sort of weeaboo-ish, but it's not because, again, I've determined from the last 35 minutes that I am not a weeaboo. I've been watching two animes that have that are coming out right now. Um, sorry, moving Ugh, stupid cars and vehicles outside. I hate them. Um, the two animes I've been watching are ones that I think are pretty popular. Um, not so much the first one, but the second one I know people know about. The first one is called Shokugeki no Soma. Essentially translates to Food Wars. Um, it's a really interesting anime. Um, the one thing I will say ahead of time is that it's probably not for kids. 
Um, it's not a hentai. I will I will exaggerate that right now. It is not a hentai. There's no sex. There's no nude anything. Uh, there's close, but no actual showing of any of the private parts and the boobs and stuff like that. Um, but it's a sh- it's a show about a kid named Yukihira Yukihira Soma, who is part of a diner in Japan. Ooh, excuse me. And he's trying to overcome his father as the head chef of this diner he works at. It's his father's diner, and he works for him. Um, he's He was slowly getting there, and then the father was like, I'm going to go away for a little while. you know. And Soma was like, really? But then the father's like, you're going away too, because you're going to go to the school in Japan. It's like the top food, you know university in the world you know they get people from all around the world to go there from america to italy you know europe asia stuff like that and when he gets there it's it's just crazy intense and it's kind of funny too because he's i feel like he seems too much of a never lose character um Pretty much everything he does, he excels at. And it's... I, I don't know. Part of me is like, I really like the show. I really do. But the other part of me is like, I feel like he's having a little bit too easy of a time. Like, it always seems like whatever somebody throws at him, he throws back and it's harder. So, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where I like the character. I like where the show's going. I just wish they'd give him more of a challenge. Um... Or at least a challenge he can't exactly finish. Um, like I said, this sh- he goes to the he goes to the place. He ends up in a dorm. Um, all I can really say about it is that because I'm try- I don't want to spoil anything, but it's about creating outrageously delicious food. Like it becomes so outrageously delicious that people all of a sudden go into this haze-like dream where they go like there have been a lot there are many many situations where they go completely naked and they're just like floating in midair and they're just like oh my god it's so delicious and all of this other stuff and it's 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 so it's a weird anime i'm not gonna lie it's definitely one of those like if you if you currently don't have one of those shows where you get slightly embarrassed that you watch it. This is definitely that type of show. I mean, they've got this girl who's supposedly from America, really tanned. She's like orange. She's got like size E boobs, and all she ever wears is a really tight, like schoolgirl blouse thing with a short skirt or the, the skirt with like um, a really, like, a really tight bikini top that's got the u.s flag on it and of course because her tits are so big she just like walks and they just bounce everywhere but again that's that's only part of it because i will i will admit right now as much as the boobs are there as much as the nakedness are there definitely the draw for the show is the food they make because they're all real recipes i don't know if they actually put the recipes out there 
like if there's some sort of book that's there or because it was a manga first i don't know if they actually put the recipes in the manga first and then they're just kind of putting it on the on the episode or not but i feel like they should definitely um but a lot of the food they make looks delicious like i feel like if someone in real life would have eaten what they made you'd have the same reaction they had in the anime i don't think you know you would take a bite and your clothes would literally melt off but at the same time it's like you know it's it, it looks amazing and i highly 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 recommend you watch this anime um you can currently torrent it uh, I think it's on Crunchyroll, um, and I have a less than legitimate way to watch it, besides torrenting, there's this website I stream it from, um, any way you can watch it, I highly recommend you do it, because you're gonna want to keep an eye on this anime for the rest of the season, and probably after it gets, or if it gets another season, because there are nine episodes, and if they follow the 12, 12 episode format, they're not going to complete what the first episode set out for them to do in this show. So I highly recommend that you watch it because it's going somewhere. And I feel like it's going to be a fan favorite sooner than later. Um, now, the other anime... <laughs> oh, what the hell is the name of it? It's a really long name of an anime. Um, it's a dungeon anime... And dungeon, I don't mean like, you know, BDSM bondage type dungeon. Uh, where is it? There it is. Dungeon Idea wo Motomeru no wa. Yeah, it's, it's a long, it's a long name. It's, <laughs> I just call it the dungeon anime because it's just that easy. Uh, I know there's an English translation for it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what it is. Uh, if I remember, I'll put it in the description of this uh, podcast this episode um, essentially it's a story about gods and goddesses being on the planet being on planet earth and they brought with them a very large dungeon that's a, it's essentially like if you imagine um, an RPG aspect where you're traveling and all of a sudden there's a dungeon with multiple levels that you have to complete and you'll level up and you know as you go as you go further down in the dungeon it becomes harder and harder as you go on that's essentially what this is but it's more of um, it, it takes place in sort of like a fantasy slash old like medieval time because there's like elves, um, there's like uh, cat-eared women, guys walking around, um, there's like magic and magic weapons and all of that type of stuff. So it's essentially like Dragon Age, not Dragon, uh, somewhat like Dragon Age, um, but it's like a med it's a medieval world meets RPG because it's like real life. The goddesses and the gods can actually like look at the the adventurers backs and they have all these like words insignias and stuff and the gods and goddesses can like bring up literally like um like a virtual screen on it which holds all of like their their experience and what level they are what type of skills they can use um their stats so like you have this much dexterity this much constitution blah 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 
So what they what the adventurers do is that they go into the dungeon to level themselves up to just I don't know I don't know if there's an end goal or not. It's just more of a ch- it's the challenge of doing it. It's a challenge of leveling up to see how far you can go. And you follow the main character whose name is Bell is it Crenel? I think it's Crenel or is it Carnell? I think it's Crenel. Bell Crenel. And he's a it's a guy who um, so it's a word I was gonna say. He, uh, the guy who does the voice for Bell, also does the voice for Soma from Shokugeki no Soma, which is funny. Two ongoing animes with one voice actor doing both, which is kind of cool in my head. Um, anyway, you follow him as he travels in the dungeon. Um, they're currently again also on episode nine. Um, he, he, I don't know, falls in love, but he gets a crush on this girl, uh, Eyes Valenstein, I think her name is, and she's a really, I think she's like level five, which in this really is kind of high, um, considering people take like over a year to just level up once, so you know how far it's taken her to get where she is, and, um... Oh, excuse me. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> it's taken her so long to get there, so that just tells you how long it takes to level up, period. Um, he gets the crush on her, and for some reason that kicks in something inside him to just be the best he can. He's, he pushes and he pushes to be the best adventurer he can. And doing so gets him this special skill that apparently is either very rare or the first time it's ever popped up and the goddess whose name is Hestia finds out and she doesn't tell him she doesn't I think she's told maybe one person um and he's just slow like he went he leveled up well actually no I don't want to say because that's minor spoilers I'm trying not to spoil this too much but if you don't know if you don't know this anime, go watch it as soon as possible. You can do I you can find it the same way you find Shokugeki no Soma. You can torrent it, probably find it on Crunchyroll, or you can find it on the same website that Soma's on. That's how I watch it. Um You if you don't know what the anime is, there's there's a there's pictures going around of art of a short girl in a white dress, really big boobs, and long pigtails. And she's got, like, string around, like, where her biceps are. They're, like, shoulders. And the string goes underneath the boobs to kind of hold them up and, like, push them up every now and then. That's Hestia from the dungeon anime. Um, I, I cannot recommend both of these enough. Um... You will not be sorry. I mean, if you watch it, you know, you watch the first episode of each and you don't like them, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But I am enjoying them. And honestly, the time goes by faster watching those episodes than they do with tokusatsu shows. I don't know what it is. There have been many times where I'm watching the episode and what feels like 10 minutes, all of a sudden the episode's over. I, I can't explain it. That's how, that's how into these shows I get. Um... They had one episode of Soma where it was just uh, one of the characters was going to get in like a food, uh, a shokugeki, which is what they call it, uh, to face off one another. They explain it in the show. Again, if you want to know more, watch the show. Um, 
they get into the the war and they um let's see the whole episode was the rivals part of it it was him cooking uh there was nothing from soma nothing at all and I, it was just like I'm watching it and I'm watching it and the the rival finished and I'm like awesome now we get to see Soma do it and all of a sudden the episode ended and I'm like what are you kidding? We just spent this whole show, we just spent the whole episode watching him cook. What about Soma? We didn't see anything from him. But again, it's your it's the way of bringing you back because they'll do something and they'll be like wow okay I can't wait for the next episode and then of course I have to wait a week for the episode ten. Whereas if you start watching it after listening to this, then you know. <laughs> you're going to be able to just watch 1 through 9 in succession if you please which I would <laughs> I would if I were you um, uh, I think that's about it I was trying to think of something else to talk about but I can't really think of anything right now so I am going to end this part and I will come back to you guys after the break after you listen to a song. I'm not entirely sure which one, but you will hear a song any second. Enjoy.
welcome back to part two of episode three. Hope you enjoyed the song. Uh, I'm not still not entirely sure what it was, but I hope you enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> um, I'm gonna kick off the Toku talk with a sort of a recap of what's happened um, in the episodes so far with the two, at least two main shows anyway, uh, Drive and Ninjur. Um Drive has been an okay show. I'm not going to sit here and say it's one of the best, but it's it's definitely a show. <laughs> I guess that's the way I can put it. Um I've I've watched every episode. Um I enjoyed most of the episodes. Um a, a lot of people are saying it's not going to compare to Gaim, but the way I look at it is, it's, you know, not to use a pun, it's apples to oranges. <laughs> it's the colors too, right? Drive is red, apple, orange, orange, you know? Um, but it's, they may be both common Rider shows, but they're completely different. Like, I mentioned Kiba earlier, like I've been rewatching Kiba, and Kiba's not like any other show. Because it's it's still a Kamen Rider show, but it's completely different. The way it's written, the way it's told, uh, the characters, the the background, just the main story, everything, just completely different. Um, I I like the whole police thing with Drive. Um, I like Shinosuke. Kiriko is definitely the best person on the show. You can't deny that she's definitely the best um and it's he see he seems like the type of person that is too headstrong when he doesn't need to be and that actually came to fruition in not last week's episode but the week before where chase had to tell him like, aren't you a common writer to protect the people and he's like oh shit right i am and then you know, he goes into formula mode and gets the civilian out of there while Chase distracts Go. Which, let's talk about Go, shall we? Because Go is by far the worst character on the show. I'll say it. I don't care. I really, I, I don't really care what people say. He is the worst character on the show by far. Um, he has way too much anger. Um, that really has no purpose because if Go's father created the Roy Mutes alongside Krim and then if he helped them go berserk and start killing people and doing what they're doing now Go is taking that personally way too personally and I honestly don't get it it's like your father did all this stuff but now you're taking it personally to the fact that you have to stop them what why what what made you all of a sudden go my father's sins are my sins so now I'm gonna take care of him and it's like that makes absolutely no sense at all um that actually, believe it or not, it reminds me a lot of Kiba um, with Wataru. 
Because at one point, the lawyer a lawyer shows up and says all of these people have these grievances against Otoya, who's watching his father, and you know pretty much says you know if you can find at least one good thing that Otoya did, then we'll drop everything. And Wataru then spends the entirety of an episode just helping all the people that his father had wronged, and it's just like, why? You, I mean, like she essentially guilt tripped him into it. You know, it was a, it was a, um, uh, it was, it was a girl who apparently fell for Otoya, and when he paid her a mind for a couple seconds, but then left her because Yuri showed up. I mean, don't get me wrong, he was a womanizer, but at the same time, she took it way too personally, and she eventually became a fangire, and then went after, uh, Wataru because Otoya was dead. So... I just I hate I hate that whole factor. And again, with Go, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. I mean, it doesn't make any sense with Water either. It was just with Go, nobody triggered anything. It was more of just he he just all of a sudden said, "My father created these. I don't like that. They're killing people. I have to stop that. Therefore, I'm going to do it." And he goes after Chase, regardless of Chase's human-like you know emotions and all this other stuff and he saves kiriko on many occasions and goes like no i'm still gonna kill him and it's like i'd be like dude without him your sister would be dead like five times so cool it (laughs) seriously just cool it for two seconds will you and he's just like he's a madman he really is and now we've gotten to the point where he's being controlled by zero zero one and I honestly don't care. I'm like, he hasn't really changed. He's gotten a little bit more, like, homicidal. But other than that, he hasn't changed all that much. And I really don't care what happens to him. If he dies, he dies. I mean, it, and part of me is like, it kind of sucks. But on the other hand, the only reason why I think it would suck is because of Kiriko. That's it. How about, you know, How sad she would feel. That's about it. Other than that, I don't really care what happens to him. Um, obviously, because he's like a second rider, they're probably not going to kill him off. Because they, I don't think they've killed off a rider, um, like a main or second rider, since I want to say Hibiki. They haven't. I mean, technically, Kagami in Kabuto died, but then he came back shortly after. And then, of course, everybody thought um, Date from Oza died, but it really wasn't. He wasn't really dead. He was just trying to make Goto take over. But yeah, other than that, no second rider has ever died. Well, not ever died, but hasn't died since Hibiki. Um, which, I don't really know. Would Zanki count as a second rider? I don't, I don't, not really. He'd be an extra rider, but sure as hell not a um, a second rider. So, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I really, I really don't. Um, so, you know, Go's not gonna die, Chase is still gonna be good by the end of the series, um, unless he performs some sort of heroic sacrifice thing to, like, save Kiriko one last time, or, you know, one of those, in order to kill the Roy Mutes, we have to upgrade a, upgrade a virus inside a Roy Mute, and then that'll help get rid of them all, and then Chase is like, I'm gonna do it, and then he makes, again, this heroic sacrifice. Sort of like Jin from Go uh, Go Busters, you know. Technically, 
they're di- it's different things, but still, you know, kind of same thing. Um, and I, 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 I really, I, I hope Chase doesn't die. I really don't. I, I don't. I don't want him to die. I like Chase more than I like Go, which is, you know, people are like, really? Yeah, really. Um, I, I, I am curious. Well, because I know Go doesn't die recently, or like anytime soon, because we've had the scans of type drive type Tridoron and um crap there was another one too wasn't there I forgot what it was but um oh that's right it was the future the future drive thing for the special um and there was a picture of drive mock and uh chaser all standing like beside each other with drive and type trider on so we know that go is not going to to die anytime soon which part of me is like damn it but the other part of me is like whatever and i i just i want i want to see how he comes back because now that we know that shinosuke is immune to zero zero one's mental stuff and they're hinting this week that he quote-unquote dies and i'm like well obviously he doesn't because number one main character second of all we've already got the scans of the type tridron so we know he doesn't die um we just don't know what happens now because the other thing is he's going to die in the first 10 minutes and then by the end of the episode he's back sort of like Gentaro was in forze although to be fair he died at the end of an episode and came back in the next one but still which again they could do that um they just won't come back with the power of friendship um and uh, I'm really going by the seat of my pants for this one. <laughs> I'll admit, I was for some reason I was more prepared for the the geek part than I am the the Toku part. But um, yeah, I'm I'm liking Drive so far. Definitely, maybe top ten, but like not top five, top three type thing. Um. I I do like the type I do I do like Tridron. Tridron is definitely awesome. Um I like I like the car and it was cool that they went with a car instead of a motorcycle. Now granted of course Chase and Mock have motorcycles, but you know. And I think start at the beginning of the series when everybody saw that Chase had a motorcycle, they're like no bad guy ever has like a motorcycle that looks that good. <laughs> no one Whenever they have a motorcycle, it's always like a dirt bike they picked off up. They picked up off the side of the road on their way to the shoot. So it's yeah. <laughs> I am. I am just. I just can't wait to see where they go with it. Um, they're gonna figure out the whole situation with Shinosuke's father. I mean, essentially, right now that is the main storyline. Now that I think about it, Shinosuke's father's incident is the main storyline. There is no other storyline besides the defeating of the Roy Mews. That's it. And I feel like... I feel they are handling the Roy Mews better than Kiba handled the the Fangire. Because in the beginning of Kiba, there was always the Fangire was a person who had, like, this... Oh, God damn things. I hate that. Every day. Every damn day. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just a constant irritation. Um, 
the thing is that the thing that happened with Kiba eventually was the only fan guys to have human form were the Checkmate Four. All the rest of them didn't have it. They were just, you know, throwaways. They were like, hey, we need a monster of the week. All right, throw him in there. Because, well, I'll, I'll get into that. I'll get into that. Um, so, yeah, Drive, it's all right, whatever. Moving on from Drive, we go to Ninja. This, not exactly happy with. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of Tokyuger. I will admit to that. There were a lot of episodes I skipped. Um, but I watched the last, like, f- five episodes because, again, it's it's the climax, you know, it's the ending to the show. Therefore, it's probably going to be awesome somehow. And it was. There were a lot of awesome moments. Like, when they thought Akira was dead and then, um... It turned out he wasn't dead, and he came up, and they were crying, and he thought they were crying because they lost the city, but it was really because of him, and they thought he died, and he didn't know the emotion of, I guess, longing to see them, I guess, you know, just essentially sadness, and um, when he, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you know, can you go? And he's like, oh, yeah, I can go. Let's do this, you know. And then they all transform with the theme song behind them. They get in the giant mechs, and they do a somewhat roll call in the mechs. I mean, that's just, you know, they're, fight, they're fighting in the mechs to the theme song. Any fight that has the theme song behind it is probably going to be a good one. Um, sort of like when they did a Ninja Drive team up, and when they all went to go fight together at the end after they all transformed together, all of a sudden, uh, Surprise Drive showed up. Or not Surprise showed up. Surprise Drive started to play. Yeah, that made the scene a lot more awesome. Also because Surprise Drive is a really good song. <laughs> it is a very good song. In fact, I might play it at the end of this. So, my special version, actually. I'm not even, I'm not even gonna play it underneath, like, me and then fade it in. I'm just gonna say I'm gonna end the podcast and then I'm gonna play it. It's not. It's not that much different, but it's different. I did it. I also did it to the Tokyuja theme as well because Tokyuja theme is great. It really is. Um. Anyway, back to Ninja. Shows you how much I like Ninja, right? Um. I. I really feel the biggest. The the biggest flaw for Ninja is Takaharu, Aka Ninja, um, solely on the basis of being a boring character, and now you can be like, boring character, he's always about like, you know, jumping into the middle of fights and all this other stuff, and I'm like, well, that's the problem, he has, um, like, two catchphrases, uh, the Moitek Ta, which is, you know, it's like, I'm getting fired up, and then the other one is, uh, is you know essentially it's like oh this is so hot you know essentially it's so like essentially for us to be so cool like this is so cool it's like that's that's all he says and then he's just got random talking you know it's like random talking and all of a sudden oh my god this is so cool and then something happens and it's like let's do it it's like oh I'm burning up now let's do it you know it's like it's just it's it's getting old and they're trying to they're trying to make him seem like this this uh, this guy who's crazy talented and it's just sort of like no he's not 
like this the show right now is surrounded by him like he is the center of attention which of course it's sentai he's going to be and anybody who doesn't like that clearly has not has not ever watched sentai yes there are seasons that are more focused on the entire group rather than just red but overall it's a focus on red like a good example major ranger major ranger was about family all of the members of the team were family the main five were brothers and sisters then you have white who was mother then you had Wizardfire, who was the father and then of course you had magishine who married into the family by marrying blue but it was still about Kai. It was still about Red. Hell, just the first season alone, not first season, first episode was about him. About how the other four were just, like, given the powers. That's it. They have them. The mother was like, I believe that you have the built the ability. Here, take them. Whereas with Kai, he didn't get any powers because she didn't think he could handle it. He had to earn his way on. They had to build his character up. The, other, the others were just kind of pushed aside to be like, here, take this power. I don't care. Just do something with him. Whereas Kai was like, no, you have to actually go and prove that you can be a member of this team. And then he did it and then became Red, naturally. So... You know, and then other people say Kyoduger. And it's like, well, obviously Kyoduger was all about Daigo. That was the whole thing. Again, he's red. They made it all about red, and people couldn't stand it. That's, but there are people in the fandom that literally don't like Kyoduger because it was solely about Daigo. And I'm like, well, no shit. He's the red. Yes, they all get their own story arcs. They get their own episodes and all of that. But the majority of the storyline is about him. You know, it was his father who was helping. His father that showed up to kill Torin. His father that took over for Torin as Silver. And they, essentially, it was Daigo who was like, I don't think he's really against us. So he went, went you know, one-on-one -on -one with him. He learned the reason why. And again, it was it was all about Daigo. People knew that going in. It was going to be about Red. Even Ninja is about Red. Next year, whatever they make is going to be about Red. Last year, Tokyujer all about red it was all about right in the bit in the fact that he wasn't um he wasn't on the the imagination express thing like the others when they first showed up he was on the the dark liner whatever the heck you want to call it so to anybody that does not think or does not like uh, like ninja or tokyuja or kyojuja because of red focus stop watching sentai because that's all you're going to see and if you're going to continue to complain about it people are going to ignore you or they're going to get even more upset at you and you don't want that because yeah you, you just you just don't want that period um but i mean i i f back to solely ninja talking about ninja is the only good part about this show like honestly if is 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 kasumi uh, Momo Ninja. If she was not in this show or a different type of character, I wouldn't like the show. I would think about skipping it. I've thought about skipping other shows before, but this one definitely because she's she's a combination of a couple things. She is adorable as hell. Her mannerisms are cute as hell. She's smart. She outthinks a lot of the other team members, she outthinks the yokai. Um, she, 
she creates things like machines that kind of go along with like the ninjality I think it is um so I, like I said honestly she's she's not the most um progressed character we don't know that much about her but at the same time she's the best character you know she's not the most well thought out but everything they've thought out for her is better than anybody I mean Takaharu he's just a loud mouth with an insane ego and for some reason uh, always has the ability to just you know run forward never look back and it's like well that's stereotypical of a leader but okay and then you have um, let's see, Blue, Yakumo, we know little to anything about him, we know he has magic, but we don't know how he got it, um, we know he was in America for a little while, even though, again, this whole Japanese with America thing is just stupid, because, yeah, um, and we met his mother, who instinct, who, who, funnily enough, played the director for the cyber group thing from Keitai Sosukan 7. If you know that show, she played the main female lead, the really tall, short-haired woman. That was cool. Um, and, let's see, after, after him is Nagi, who's yellow. Again, we know nothing about him at all. Like, he is just sort of there to be the third guy. And he... He's just like, excuse me. That was a big one. Um, he. See, I'm trying to think. They, they talked about. They talk about his character, but they don't actually give him a background. He's just again. He's just sort of there. They. They eventually made him go to the school, with with um with Fuka. For some reason i'm not particularly sure why it was just sort of all of a sudden like hey he's going to your school now and she's like uh, okay essentially her reaction was the audience's reaction he gets he, he gets like no background anything and then just all of a sudden hey he's going to your school okay sure and then of course fuka's like don't embarrass me and i'm like dude really wow speaking of fuka <laughs> not the worst character but probably second worst character plus she has no she she has no story they've given her nothing except the one ep no oh, the the one episode yeah the one episode where with her friends from the school and um they they found out she was a ninja you know that you know, that episode was about her, and it's just sort of like, okay, we have an episode where she's being severely self-centered, um, the typical high school, I don't want them to see my family type situation, made worse, obviously, by the ninja powers, um, but yeah, they just, they just make her really, s the, the, the siblings, Fuka and Takaharu are siblings, and you can really tell they're siblings because they are really both self-centered and very loud. Um, and then, of course, Fuka is, Fuka is useless at this point. I feel like they're going to have something down the line where she's going to be special or something like that. At least I, I, I'd hope so, because right now she's nobody. I mean, hell, even in the, in, in the end credits, um, when they're doing the dance and stuff, 
they all have their like special powers and stuff how like yakumo's like dancing on the ceiling um nagi turns into the straw man thing and falls backwards kasumi pulls up the pink cloth and disappears behind it um takaharu i think does like the ninja point the fingers at the ground the puff of smoke and you disappear type thing um i and then of course and then she's just like the other four are just gone and then she's just standing there dancing continuously dancing to the song and it's like um okay she has absolutely no powers then you know and it's like she's had her moments where she like you know has the the gung-ho type forward i'm gonna lead for two seconds type thing and then it's over (laughs) that's it and it's just sort of eh. you know and then of course you've got kasumi who again doesn't have all she doesn't have a lot of background you haven't learned a lot about her but you've learned that she's going to college she loves going to college she loves going for like mechanic i think it's like mechanics type stuff she she like she works with small machines and it's just she's a really smart character to me she's the smartest character there yakumo is shortly behind her but i feel like she's the smartest excuse me i had to take a drink Toast dry um and it's it's just there's there's no i mean obviously we're only let's see how many episodes are we in here check my folder really quick here we go 13 we are 13 episodes in we have had no background for fuka no background for Nagi, very little background for Yakumo and uh, Kasumi, and then we have Takaharu with all of the focus, which again, Sentai, it's just, it just sucks. He was like, I didn't mind the, the Daigo focus from Kyoduger because I like Daigo. He was a good character. They fleshed him out. You know, it's like, again, he was the sort of like, you know, indestructible always gung-ho you know headstrong type characters but they actually you know know, even he had his catchphrase the brave does it you know it's like yeah i didn't like that one either because again he keeps doing it with the you know with the peace sign right in front again i didn't like that either but he also didn't say it that often and except with takaharu where he says you know it's you know Moi Tekta or Atsui, you know, at, you know, at least once every episode, and it's just starting to be like, oh, shut up and let's just do this thing, and I'm just, I, I'm not the only one either, because there are a lot of people that just like hate the character, and I've seen some people be like, if he dies and they made somebody else red, I would not be upset, and I'm like, I'm right there with you, um, I yeah, um. The other, and then, of course, I guess I can talk about him. Star Ninja. Um, I I hate that character, too. Like, honestly, honestly, right now, it's a combination between him and Takaharu for worst character. I know I said earlier Takaharu was the worst, but I forgot about Star Ninja. They are definitely tied for last right now, um, or for worst character, because the, even the the team, the other members of the team have come out and said they are very similar. And that is not good for me. 
because I don't like Takaharu. So if Star Ninja is all of a sudden like him, then it's just like, yeah. And something to bring about Star Ninja is that he he's he at the end of his words he says go go gozayasa or something like that because it's like an honorific or something like that. It's just a way of talking, and they ask him, "Why do you talk like that? Why do you say that at the end of all your wor- all your sentences?" And he's like, "Well, I learned I learned English from watching these like westerns or this these type of shows." And I'm like, "So you learned how to read and write an entire language from a small series of television shows?" Like I've watched Sentai and Kamen Rider for the past. I don't know, five, six, seven years, and I don't know how long it took him to learn all of it, but at this time, I know a little bit, but I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, I can do everything freak, uh, fluently, I can move to Japan now and they would never know I'd ever, I haven't lived there for a while, and it's like, no, how can you learn an entire language from such a small thing? Like, even if you watched it day after day after day, you would learn certain things, but you still wouldn't learn everything. Like, I'm still, I still think it's funny how, like, I've watched so much stuff, I can understand a lot, but I'm still hearing things that I have never heard before, because the language is so broad, and words probably can be made almost all the time, sort of like here. So you can, I, I don't have a grasp on the chat. Well, I have a grasp, but, like barely like if you can imagine a rug i think it's a throw rug how it's got like the normal rug but then on the end it's got like the tassels of string and stuff i have a hold of like three of those tassels three individual strings on one end compared to that entire rug so how did he manage to understand the and grab the entire rug from watching one set of shows even if you watched all the same episodes, all the same shows for like 10 years, you are not going to grasp the entire freaking language. That is bullcrap. And I think it's a poor thing for them to say. Especially because he rarely speaks English. Now, you want a ninja who speaks English go back to Kaku Ranger with Jiraiya, who was English. He was an English, he was an English actor of Asian descent. And he signed on, and as, if I remember correctly, someone said he he literally knew very little of the Japanese language when he first started. He would say random Japanese things, but he was mostly spoke in English, because that's what he knew. He spoke in English. What you're hearing from Star Ninja is not English, it's English. Because even if he says an English word, it sounds nothing like English. Um, and to, one of the dumbest parts of the show was in an episode with, they had Star Ninja and Yakumo actually argue over the proper way to say easy, which is sort of just like, there is none, you know, one of them was saying like easy and the other one was saying like easy and it's like, it doesn't matter. You still say it the same way. I, I didn't understand it. It was just like... <laughs> It was like, if I went back and forth with someone, it's like, it's Patrick Swayze. No, it's Patrick Swayze. It's like, no, you're just, you're elongating a syllable. That's all you're doing. It makes absolutely no sense. And just, there's supposed to be goofiness in this show. And I'm the type of person that I'll look at something goofy, and if I think it's illogical, I don't think it's funny. There are a lot of commercials and television shows. I'll see something, and I'll go, that makes absolutely no sense. Why is that supposed to be funny? 
And when I see stuff like that, that's exactly what I think. Is that you guys are trying to be funny. You're trying to create humor. And it's not working. You were just looking stupid. And it, it looked like... Like I said, it looked like two people arguing in a wall. Like, what color is this color? It's gray. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's like light gray. Well, it's still gray. It's like, no, but it's light gray. It's like, but it's still gray. No, it's light gray. And it's just like, you're, you're, you're going at it with an argument that makes absolutely no sense at all. And it's just a waste of time. Um... That's essentially the way I look at Ninja. It's it's supposed it's they're going for funny. It's not funny. It's just a waste of time. I feel like I feel like it's all they're doing at this point is they're wasting their time until the next one shows up. That's all they're doing because I don't like it. Uh, from what I've seen, a majority of Twitter, nobody else likes it. Mostly just because of Takaharu, they can't stand him. I've seen people drop the show after a couple episodes because of Takaharu and the whole aspect of the show um and i'm just i i watch it because the completionist in me is just like just watch the show finish it finish it finish it and you know and then i'm just like fine and i finish it so yeah <laughs> definitely not one of my favorite shows if you couldn't tell from this like 15 minute rant um i will admit i'm surprised i've gone for 33 minutes i really am surprised um Anyway, I'm going to move on from the recent shows and go um, to Kiba. I've mentioned Kiba a few times, um, only because I've recently started watching it again. I probably mentioned that before, but I don't remember. Um, and I originally liked the show because it was different. It's de It definitely was. Watching the second time through, it was different. There were a lot of other things that like the writer shows didn't do. There was a lot more drama. The characters were built up in a different way. But the one thing I either didn't recognize the first time I watched it or just completely, um, like, I don't know, didn't think of it properly at the time. I don't know. But it's way too much of a J-drama. It really is. Like, when you look at it, it's a J-drama with a writers in there somewhere. Because the entire show was about the relationships. That's it. That's all it was about. It was about Otoya and Yuri. Eventually, Otoya and Maya with the Yuri love triangle thing going on. And you don't know who Yuri ended up with, which I think is a crime. Um, and then in the future, it was... Um, it was that kind of, um, spatty, not spatty, it was like the relationship between, uh, Nago and Megumi, which was like, uh, it was essentially like a cat and dog where they like hated each other and they're going at it and then just like slowly, you know, it, it finally, I think, I think what happened was Nago lost the Ixa knuckle and it made him realize how much of a dick he's been and because because Shima let him keep it. So all of a sudden he's like, "All right, I've been a dick. I should probably stop doing stop acting like a dick and start being a better person." And I think that's what finally brought Megumi around to liking him. Um and then eventually they ended up together and married and stuff in the finale. And yay. But, you know, and then of course you have the relationship with Mio. We well, see again, we've got another love triangle going on because we've got 
we've got Mio and Wataru who like each other and want to be together, but then you've got um, Taiga who comes in out of nowhere and he's like, oh, actually, I'm going to marry her because she's actually the queen, queen fangire. And, um, yeah. So, <laughs> there's that love triangle. And then, of course, again, all of this is about relationships. With a sprinkling of Common Rider in there. Like, if you would have taken Common Rider completely out of it, it wouldn't have mattered. It would have still all been the same show. <laughs> Literally the same show. And, um, it's, it's honestly what killed it. I started watching it and got maybe like 10 episodes in, and I'm like, wow, this is really relationship heavy. Like, they would focus on the relationship for like three quarters of the episodes, and all of a sudden be like, hey, Fangire, he's dead okay moving on oh yeah back to relationship things it's just sort of like why didn't you just like <sighs> motorcycles again i live right on a main street so i hear it all the time which is annoying um and i wish they would have just stopped they would have just you know halted production or something like that and be like look this is way too mo like relationship heavy let's either change things around we'll come up with an and then we'll and then we can continue from there or split things off. You guys can go do your thing with these actors to do your relationship J-drama crap. And then we'll do a common writer show over here. Because I don't, I don't mind relationships. I really don't. But when the relationships take up the entire show, that's when I have a problem. I mean, when you have... I see, I'm trying to think. They had, like, a whole plot with um, the, 2000, well, the 1986 where Otoya was making... A violin with Maya. And Yuri was really jealous. To the point where... Um, Yuri showed up to Otoya. And... he She all of a sudden goes... You have to stay away from her because she's a fangire. And he's like, yeah, I know. She just walks up to him, slaps him in the face, and leaves. And I'm like, what type of reaction is that? I mean, there was no rebuttal from her at all. All he said was, I know. Yes, I know. That's all he said. He didn't say, yes, I know, I love her anyway. Yes, I know, we're through. Something like that. It was like, no, it was just, yes, I know. She gets pissed off, walks over, slaps him, and leaves. It's like, fucking really? Like, can you get any more dramatic than that? I just, I don't understand. I just, I don't. And... I really wanted to like the show again. I really did. Because I like the music. Destiny's Play, uh, Supernova, Break the Chain. I love the songs. It's just the show. I can't. I, I ended up literally going to wake up. I, I downloaded all of the episodes. I still have them. I watched, like I said, I watched the first 10, and then I started going on Wikipedia, because I think once Mio shows up, I'm like, she dies, doesn't she? And then I looked, and I, like, searched Mio, 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 I found her, and like, yep, she dies, okay. And from there, I was just sort of like, I went down the Wikipedia episode after episode after episode, looking at them, and just like, oh, okay, this happens, this happens, and if something I thought was cool happening, I would open the episode and try to find that part so yeah and then i would do that and then i think i ended up watching i think the last five episodes something like that out all the way through from beginning to end only because again it's the it's you know it's the climax so you have to watch it um and before anybody makes deno jokes fuck you because i hate deno always and forever um 
but yeah, I mean, like, if if you like the if you like the relationships things, then go ahead watch Kiba. You'll probably like it. Um, I personally didn't. Um, I wish it. I definitely would have. I wish it would have been a lot less relationship heavy. Um, yeah, I I I can't. I can't talk about Kiba anymore. I just can't. <laughs> I'm actually like upset about it and all that junk. So, yeah, moving on. Um. The last thing I'm going to have to talk about with this is sort of speculation. It's the trademark of Common Rider Ghost, which is going to be the next Common Rider series next year. Um, or not next year, actually. Within a few months or so. Um, I don't know what they're going to do, because technically we've already had a Common Rider Ghost. Because in the in the Deno movie, they had, um, they had the, the movie... Where the ghost took over, uh, I was gonna say Takaru's body, it's not it, uh, Yotaro's body, and it was, and then he transformed, but it, it wasn't technically a ghost, you know, that type of thing. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. You know, a lot of people are already speculating, like, Ghost Rider, you know, and, uh, there was, like, the Kamen Rider skull because of the, the skull shape, you know. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Right now, all we know is that the trademark is Common Rider Ghost. That's all we know, and I I hope it's a it's a decent show at the very least. I really do. Um, I know Drive Drive is already picking up again because they've started the whole zero uh, zero one thing and the changing of minds, and that's essentially we've gone from Shinosuke trying to figure out who the father who who killed his father into the um, the uh, the zero zero one thing and trying trying to stop him, trying to like you know get him out there, be like now everybody knows without him being able to change their memories and stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, Commander Ghost, can't wait for it, Drive, eh, Ninja, crap, Kiba, only watch it if you like J-dramas, and I mean drama, I mean you can't get any more dramatic than someone just saying, yeah, I know, and getting slapped in the face for it, um, so yeah, I think I'm going to end it there, um, if you want to see more, I made a Facebook page since the last time I've made a podcast, if you just look for Geekishly Toku Podcast, you should find it on Facebook. On Twitter, it's geek to- at Geek Toku Pod. Um, and we're also on iTunes. If you look up Geekishly Toku Podcast, we are there. Uh, we. I'm there. Currently, just me. Um, I've asked a few people, and so far, nobody. But if you're a Toku fan, you're listening to this, you also like geek stuff, and we've talked couple times you know feel free to drop me a line to either my personal at funokamioka twitter or the geek toku twitter um and maybe we can set something up and talk about it um but until then i am funokamioka and i am signing out of episode three of the geekishly toku podcast see you all next time Start your engine!
雨上がりプレイクラウド隙間から青空が手招きしてる Alright そろそろ行こうか誰かが言うロジ信じない直感は信じていたい会いたい始まりを探して Fire for ignition Happy な flash up 壊して